Well, this week we're in the third week of our More Than series, and what I explained a few weeks ago is we're looking at a number of the more than statements that we find in the Bible. And uh, today we're going to look at Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15, where Jesus talks about another of these more than statements. I'll point it out when we get there. Verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. That's where that phrase comes from, a hundred times more than. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but the time of, in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Let's pray. God, as we dive into this parable, I pray that you will make the parable's meaning apparent to all of us, and that you will continue to cultivate our hearts, make our hearts like the good soil that receives and that allows your word to grow within us and to take root and to, to add depth and strength and nourishment to our lives. Lord, we're walking through a, a winter season here, and this winter season is challenging, and the winter season falls in the midst of a, a much larger pandemic season that we've been in. As you are stretching us and testing us, I ask that you will allow our faith to grow more and more resilient. We ask that you will make us wise, knowing how to live life well and to make the most of our days. We also ask that you will make us faithful in any and every situation whether we understand what you're doing at the moment or not, that we will reflect your glory in all of life. Now give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> when my wife Sue and I moved into our new home, we downsized about five years ago, we faced some challenges with this home. One of the biggest was the condition of the yard. It hadn't been taken care of in several years, and there were tall weeds growing everywhere. Uh, but we were the family that bought that. Anyway, you know how people want the perfect lawn and the perfect house? We bought the house with all the challenges that we could fix up and make better. So each year as we've been there, the grass has grown a bit thicker through a combination of things, using fertilizer at the appropriate times, pulling weeds quickly, reseeding, and watering. 
But in my experience, one habit has proved more effective than all the rest. Whenever we would put in new plants or we'd dig up a section to create a garden, I did my best to pull up healthy patches of sod and then replant that sod in other areas where the soil was really bad or really hard. Grass that had already taken root in healthy sod allowed me to fill in these dead spots and little by little to reclaim whole sections of healthy lawn. I've also reached the the conclusion that some spots in my lawn will never truly produce a thick and healthy lawn until I decide to order several yards of loam, healthy soil, and completely start over in those areas. Question. Have you tried your hand at rescuing a lawn or at growing vegetables in your own garden? If you have, you have no doubt discovered what I have learned. The condition of the soil makes a huge difference in the outcome of whatever you try to grow. Hold on to that thought. That will come back for us. Now, I bring all this up today because in the gospel passage we're looking at today, Jesus likens the impact of soil conditions to the way that human hearts receive or choke out God's words of truth that we hear in the gospel message. Today we're in the third week of our More Than series. In the passage of the Bible that we'll focus on, Jesus tells us that healthy hearts receive the seed of the gospel. And when that seed grows deep roots, it produces a yield that is many times greater than we can imagine. So let me welcome you today to North River Church. We love to talk about Jesus here, probably more than anything that we do. Together we're discovering that that God continues to bring hope and change into our lives through the living word, Jesus, through the written word, the Bible, and as the Holy Spirit works through our prayers, our praises, and as we shine the light on truth. This month we're studying Bible passages, passages that include this phrase, more than. Welcome to all of you who are watching online, however you found us. Some of you are watching from home during this surge of another COVID virus strain. You wish you felt safe enough to be here with us, and we do too. We love you, and we look forward to welcoming you in person when the conditions are better. Thank you for being early adopters and for embracing the online tools that allow us to expand our reach in new ways. I'm going to ask you, if you're watching online, to take the initiative by staying connected to North River, by communicating back to us. If you need prayer, let us know. If you have reasons to celebrate and praise God, we want to know that too. Fill out a connection card on the North River website or on the North River app, or send us an email and tell us what you're thinking and what you're learning. Our staff team would love to hear from you and to follow up with you as soon as we can. Today's part of our More Than series is called More Than a Hundred. And the question that I have running behind this is, can the impact of God's Word really multiply in our lives? I believe that it can. Here's the main idea that I'm trying to get across today. The condition of the heart is the key to your life's harvest becoming more than you expect. There is a harvest that comes from the the things that we are doing and from what God is cultivating in our own lives. And God longs to make that harvest greater and greater and greater over time. So we're going to talk about more than a hundred, the words that Jesus uses here, preparing for an exponential harvest in your life. Here's the first step in that process, first thing that we learn. Aim for exponential impact, knowing that some other people will miss it. Aim for exponential impact. 
So in verse 8, Jesus says, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. We long to have that hundredfold crop, that hundredfold harvest in our own lives. When a farmer sows seed, the farmer hopes for a plentiful harvest every year. Generally speaking, land tends to be expensive while seed is much cheaper. So the farmer spreads that seed liberally, and the farmer's seed falls on all kinds of different soils. In the parable that Jesus tells, the seed falls on four different kinds of soil. The farmer isn't being wasteful by scattering seed in this way over different kinds of soil. Rather, the farmer can't accurately predict from on high what kind of soil is just underneath the surface. Knowing that Jesus applies this parable to the the spiritual condition of real people, his desires are in line with the farmer's desires. God longs to produce a rich, fruitful harvest in your life over time. So Jesus uses an interesting image here. The image is of a crop that bears a harvest a hundred times the amount of the seed that was sown in a field. That is the exponential factor that I mentioned a moment ago. This is the kind of spiritual harvest that God desires for all of us to experience. Now, let's be careful here, too. Jesus was not promising to make you a hundred times richer than you are now if you just believe the right things or you do the right steps. And He was not promising that life would be without hardship. God does long to make your life rewarding and fruitful like a bountiful harvest even though there's hard work along the way. However, this parable implies that there are conditions that lead to that kind of harvest. So it makes sense for us to pay attention to those conditions. That's what we're going to do in the rest of this message. So the first thought is aim for for exponential impact. Here's the second step in this process. Realize that your heart is under attack. Look at what Jesus says here in verses 11 and 12. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Notice right away that Jesus was using the device of a parable. It is wise to avoid the mistake of trying to make the meaning of parables too complicated. Parables were designed to be used in a way that helps people remember them and also to make them think. And usually parables were designed to make one salient important point. If this parable doesn't immediately make sense to you, you're in good company. Jesus taught this parable from town to town, but his own disciples didn't understand it at first. They had to ask Jesus about the meaning and ask him for an explanation And so that's what he did. He explained for them, and he explains it for us as well. One reason why Jesus packaged this kind of teaching in a parable is that he wanted us to know that the human heart is under attack. My mom, years ago, was a cardiac nurse, and my dad had two major heart attacks, one while I was in high school and one while I was in grad school. So heart attack talk and comparisons are a big deal in my family, maybe yours too. This is a different kind of heart attack, though, yet it is just as serious. Jesus says that the seed is the word of God, the seed that is sown, that God is is sowing throughout time. And the devil comes along to steal it. He literally takes away the seed so that it cannot penetrate human hearts. 
You may not want to believe that there is a devil, but Jesus did, and he talked about him rather frequently. Here he paints a picture of the long-term cosmic battle between God and the evil one. The evil one wants to keep people from the life-altering, life-saving power of the gospel, the good news of God. This means that there is a danger factor in this message. God wants your life to be as fruitful as a 100-fold harvest. Yet, every person who listens to Jesus has an enemy who wants to destroy that harvest. You got that? God wants to bless your life, but you have an enemy who wants to steal from you. Pretending that we don't have an enemy when someone is dedicating to stealing something important away from us is not a wise way to go about life. Don't be unwise about this enemy that Jesus describes. Jesus warns us that we have an enemy who wants to steal God's words from your heart. So we want to aim for an exponential impact, but we have to realize that our hearts are under attack, meaning there's an enemy who wants to prevent us from God's best. Third step in this process. Notice where the seed grows best. This is a long explanation, but in verses 11 through 15, Jesus unpacks the parable. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in, times, in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, that are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Jesus told this parable in language that farmers would have easily and readily understood. When a farmer sows or scattered seed, they call that motion broadcasting. And so the farmer walks through the field with the same motion over and over and over, broadcasting seed as he walks around over that pasture. The idea is the farmer will use the same motion, and so the same pattern of seed will impact every aspect of that farm. Some elements of the parable do not change, and some do. So we have the same farmer. We have the same kind of seed that is spread throughout the field, and it's this same broadcasting motion. What changes is that the seed falls on four different kinds of soil. We have the hard path, rocky soil, thorn-choked soil, and then the good soil. All of this would have been very familiar to people in an agricultural community. But Jesus was using these types of soil to describe the conditions of hearts upon which the Word of God falls. Don't you love it when people package you into groups? Leadership expert Dennis Kimbrough says that some people are like wheels. They don't work unless they are pushed. Some people are like trailers. They have to be pulled. Some are like kites, always up in the air, and if you don't keep a string on them, they'll fly away. Some people are like canoes. They have to be paddled and some are like blisters. They don't show up until the work is done. Well, Jesus uses his own description here, and he, re he reveals four soil conditions that describe 
the conditions of the heart that we are capable of being like. And each soil condition produces differing results. So first he tells us about the seed that falls on the hard path. It never takes root. It gets trampled underfoot. And ultimately it's eaten by the birds. Perhaps when you have been working on your lawn, there's an area that gets well-worn and you throw seed on the part that's walked on a lot and it just doesn't grow as well. Jesus likens this to the person who hears God's words, but the devil soon takes it away. The word doesn't reside in their hearts very long and they cannot be saved without the good news of God. Then he talks about a second kind of soil. The the seed that falls on the rocky ground starts to grow and then it dies out quickly. The rocky soil doesn't hold water well, so the roots grow undernourished. This is likened to a person who hears the word but doesn't grow past those initial stages due to lack of nourishment, lack of water. Then he moves on to a third type of soil. Seed that falls into thorny ground gets overwhelmed and choked out by the thorns. While it starts to grow, it never gets to the point of harvest. Jesus says, this person hears, then finds life is filled with worries, riches, and pleasure. In other words, we get involved with all of the other things that can distract us, that can fill up life. Everything else in life is then allowed to take precedence over God's Word. Even while that person is initially receptive, The news of the kingdom never matures. I imagine Jesus like a pastor who knows all kinds of people and and who sees the word of God begin to work its way into a number of lives. And and they're like these first three kinds of soil. It's just hard ground and and everything bounces off and and words don't seem to sink in at all. And then there there are other people, they're like that rocky ground. It, It looks like something's going to happen there, but rocks don't produce healthy crops very easily and that dies out rather quickly and some people are are like those that that grow up really fast but then you just watch as the thorns take over and the the thorns take up all the water and all the nourishment and whatever the crop is that was intended whether it's wheat or barley or corn or grass it it just struggles and it dies out because the thorns have this way of choking out everything good Only seed that falls on good soil grows to harvest. This seed stands for people who do three things, according to Jesus. They hear, they retain, and they persevere. In our world of instant gratification, this is hard to handle if you and I tend to be more or less impatient. Jesus doesn't call us to a momentary decision He calls us to a way of life that centers on listening to his words and applying his words to our lives. In fact, what he's saying is to really grow into a healthy Christian takes time. It takes perseverance. It takes dedication. It's not so much that we have to do more than other people, but we have to stay in the pathway where his word has impact for a longer period of time. We have to embrace Jesus as a way of life. We have to embrace the gospel as a way of life, not just as something we do once in a while. The implication in telling this story then is that our hearts need to be like the good soil. This is what produces a bountiful crop, as much as a hundred times what was sown. God is able to produce great things out of a faithful heart that hears the word of Jesus, retains his truth, 
and then perseveres in that way. Test him over time and see what he does with your life. You may have noticed that this weekend is Martin Luther King weekend, and he would have been born yesterday as the anniversary of his birth. So in, in preparing for that, I listened over this week to the I Have a Dream speech from August 8th, 1963. I love that speech. I've read through it several times. And it's interesting when I look at that, it tells me that Dr. King lived with an eye on, the, on kingdom impact that comes from a long-term harvest. In the midst of that speech, if you could read the whole thing and break it down, there are three movements that I detected. The first is that he challenged people not to wallow in the valley of despair. In other words, he's saying, don't stay so stuck in the past that things haven't changed enough that you get stuck there too. And then he cried for a better day. He said, one one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. He wasn't saying that the United States is an evil country. He was saying, actually, we failed to live up to the creed that was there at the very beginning. And he calls all people, black and white and people from every nationality, to embrace that idea that we are created equal. And then in the third movement, he called people to faith. He says, with this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. Now, what's interesting is that King didn't see all of that take place in his lifetime. He was looking forward. And this is an example of what we do when we work toward a long-term harvest. It's true of our spiritual condition as well. We never know at the beginning how God is going to use us over time. But if you and I live out our lives with faithfulness and with consistency, what he's telling us is that we can have a large impact, much wider than we ever could have imagined, like a 100-fold harvest that grows greater than the farmer ever imagines on that day when he's scattering the seed in all those different places. The condition of the heart is the key to your life's harvest becoming more than you expect. And then there's one final step that Jesus adds in. I would say this is the challenge to listen with your heart. In verse 8, it says, when he said this, in other words, when he told the parable in its initial form, before he explained it, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then in verse 15, it says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Have you noticed how we listen differently based on perceived importance? Jesus tells the parable, and then he calls for people to listen up. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them listen. This is his way of saying, listen carefully, listen up, this is important. While he knew that some people hearing that parable, in town after town where he told it, would not really listen. Perhaps you've been on an airplane when the flight attendants come out and they give the instructions about the inflatable vests and the seat cushions and and how that cone will come down out of the apparatus above you and you can take that and put it on your head and you can breathe oxygen. It's important, but if you're observing what goes on in the plane, nobody really listens while those instructions are given, right? And then you have that 2009 U.S. Airways flight the anniversary of which was yesterday, 
When Captain Sully Sullenberger's plane encountered immediately pro- immediate problems coming out of LaGuardia Airport, and he had to land his plane on the Hudson River. Two minutes after that flight took off, the plane hit a flock of Canada geese. And three and a half minutes after hitting those geese, the plane was in the river. You know what happened in those moments? Captain Sullenberger spoke into the intercom, and he said seven words. This is the captain, brace for impact. And within two minutes of landing on the Hudson, 155 passengers were standing on the wings. You better believe they listened this time. When the captain says those words, whoever has ears to hear, hears. They listened because they believed there were life and death ramifications involved. Now you know that this became known as the miracle on the Hudson. Nobody's life was lost. This is why Jesus makes this statement. Whoever has ears, let them listen. Let them hear. There are huge stakes in play whenever we hear the word of God's kingdom. And Jesus knows that some who hear the words are not really listening. And so he calls us to listen and let the words soak in deeply. The condition of the heart is the key to your life's harvest, becoming more than you expect. And I believe that our God longs to do more than you and I can possibly imagine if we will persevere with him, if we will stay with his words sown in our hearts, soaking in deeper and deeper, taking root over the course of a lifetime. This is my prayer for 2022, that our God makes this a more than year for you in many ways. More than for you, more than for me, more than we can imagine. The condition of the heart is the key to your life's harvest becoming more than you expect. Seed that bears fruit a hundred times more than we can imagine. Let's pray. God, I pray that you will give us the ability to not only consider your word and to pull it apart and to try and figure out what it meant then and what it means today, I pray that you'll give us hearts that will continually desire to hear your directions for life, to follow where your spirit leads, to be sensitive to your truth. Allow our hearts to not only hear but to receive deeply and to take your word and your wisdom into our lives. And Lord, we ask that you would allow it to bear fruit in whichever way honors you, in ways that surprises us, so that as we walk longer and longer on the face of this earth, those who know us or watch us or are near us may say, this is a person who's been blessed by God. I want to find what they've got. Lord, I pray that you will do that in all of our hearts over time, in the right way, in ways that honors you, in ways that bears witness to the truth of the gospel of grace that that takes root in our hearts and that tells us that we are yours, that we belong to you, that if we follow you, you will honor us in the right time, in the right way. I ask that your blessing will fall on our people, not just because we showed up in church today, but because we are people who are opening our hearts to you and asking you to guide us, 
to fill us with your spirit, to fill us with wisdom, and to make our lives the place where your fruit takes place. We ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I hope you'll stay with us the rest of this month as we go back to a number of these more than statements. Stick around for a while and enjoy a cup of coffee with us and let's get to know each other.